So we're back for another episode of Christina Talks. And today's guest is someone that I think only a small percentage of you listening will know. It's a wonderful woman that I met a couple of years ago now. She's involved in an organisation and has done some uh, amazing things. So we will get into that and discuss that because it's something that I think a few people sort of think negatively about. Um, I bet that's probably got you intrigued now. It's not as exciting as you might think, but I think it'll be a good conversation anyway. But also there's another side to this individual who, I mean, she's just got the biggest, biggest heart. And I really want to tap into that. And some of the stuff she's done that I would love to do myself. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, If not for you, then definitely for me. I'd like to welcome to the Christina Talks podcast, the wonderful Geraldine McGrath. Hey, Geraldine, how are you doing? Good morning. How are you? How are you keeping? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to see you. We we keep trying to get this done. And I it's, know. It's, it's not that we haven't jumped on the call. No. We do. Yeah. And then we just start talking about other stuff and we'll yeah. go, oh, we'll call the, we'll call the podcast <laughs> later. We'll call the podcast later. <laughs> so um, we're doing it now. Yeah. I've already done the intros. We're diving straight in. Fantastic. So um, I haven't given too much away, actually. Right. Perfect. So, um, so yeah, why don't you, yeah, why don't you dive in just to, just sort of tell us about yourself um, and then we can, we can go from there. Perfect. That's great. So, um, Christina, lovely to be on with you here this morning. Thank you so much for having me on. And my name's Geraldine and I'm actually based in County Fermanagh, which is in Northern Ireland. And I'm a mum of four children. And my background, Christina, really, for many years, I was in the uh, family business, uh, childcare um, sector, and we were running day nurseries. And I, I really enjoyed what I did. However, when baby number four came along in 2015, I went to a place where I felt so, so stuck. And I really wanted to say to you what else was out there. But my maybe lacking confidence, lacking self-esteem, new baby, all the hormones. I just felt so, so stuck. I went back to my um, rule when my baby was six months old. And it was when the word full-time was mentioned, I knew I had to start exploring new avenues. And it was back now, almost five and a half years ago, the doors opened for an opportunity in network marketing. And that really was the starting point to the journey that I'm on now. And I visualize it like a walking into a tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel, you see like a glimmer of light, but it feels very, very far away. And that was really because I was exposed for the very, very first time to the whole mindset. I had never heard of um, mindset. I had never heard of gratitude. I had never heard of them voices in your head. It was all new to me. And even just scratching the surface, I really, really needed to go more into this. I could really start to feel something had to change in order if I wanted some change in my life. So let's fast forward um, the five years uh, in network marketing. 
It's been a fantastic journey and it's opened up so many more doors for me. And I've had the pleasure of uh, mentoring a great, great team of, um, it's mainly ladies, there are some guys, but mainly ladies, I've had the pleasure of mentoring them. Um, I've had the pleasure of creating trainings, I've had the pleasure of speaking on stages and the opportunities that come with that have been really, really um, endless, um, Christina. But one of the areas that come up for me, it was actually just this year and it was actually really quite random. And I was very new to Clubhouse. And I started just going on Clubhouse and just all out. And I really enjoyed how you had this access to people that you wouldn't really be able to listen to or and I was like wow this is really really something special and I seen a room where I could recognize a few local names and I thought I must just start to join this room and I joined the room and within a number of weeks there was a guy that said to me do you be interested in hearing you um, share your story more and would you be up for co-facilitating with me and that inner dialogue was like oh my goodness you know are you able to do that and all that kind of critics started going crazy within me but I thought you know what what do I have to lose just sometimes you have to make yourself really uncomfortable if you want to move forward and so that happened and from there um this guy he's called Gary Doherty he then had uh, asked me would I be interested in a TED talk have you ever Thought about doing a TED talk before and I was like oh my goodness like TED talk it's one of them things that I've always um followed and kind of you know, been into and like the the critic was going absolutely crazy with them and I thought you know what what do I what do I have to lose because I do have a story worth sharing I do have a story that can help other people and maybe it's time to get the story out there and that TED Talk, Christina, happened in summer of this year gone by. And the whole experience, it was absolutely, it was, it was beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful experience. I think one of the areas, because my TED Talk was really around my personal journey and bring walking people through that, which was really around overcoming perfectionism. And what I probably didn't realize and didn't prepare for, but it was, it's been really, really positive now, was that when you're sharing a personal story and when you're sharing um, things that's happened in your life that you haven't really shared before, it can bring up a lot of pain with it. So I had to kind of rule all of that in. However, I believe you have two options. You can leave that pain within you and do nothing and stay stuck. Or you can allow to really share that pain and turn that pain into passion. And that was exactly what you know I do really, really wanted to do to really, really help um to help other people. And as speaking and do, sharing my TED talk, what really has come up for me, Christina, is that. When I was very young, the age of two, I had a very, very serious illness. And the consequences of that was that my voice was silent. I had to really learn to speak again. When I was a teenager, 
I moved from um, the UK to Ireland and a new place, a new accent, a new school, a school kid. And with that come a lot of bullying for me. And again, my voice was really silent. And going into my 20s, my mid-20s, people would have seen me as quite a confident person. Inside, I was the complete opposite. My voice was nearly silent. I wouldn't say my voice was silent in my 20s. I think my voice was very, my internal voice was very loud and it was doing a lot of damage to me, but I didn't really understand that. And I've had a huge, huge shift this year. When I started 2021, my goal was to be my authentic self. Last year, it was all around hitting big goals within the company and getting to top incentives. I hit that. And it was fantastic. But this year, it wasn't about that. It was really discovering who are you and what are you here to do? Who are you here to serve? So I really stayed true to that word all year. And I've done an awful lot of self-development on myself. But the biggest shift, Christina, and I think it's the most beautiful um, thing that can happen to anybody, is creating the self-awareness. And I'm just like, wow. And it's powerful. It is amazing. When you're, I think when you've, it's like the, the self-awareness that I have and that I, I think you have as well, which is why I wanted to bring you on the show, is like, it's huge compared to where we were. And, you know, and I've known you whilst you've been going through through this shift as well. We've had several conversations, which is why recording this podcast keeps getting shifted because we get into that and it's like, oh, well, we'll do it another time. But it's that I think it's the fact that as much as we're self-aware of what we're here to do, who we're here to help, why that is, it's also the self-awareness that this journey hasn't finished yet. We've still got so much more to do. And that in itself is like it's like motivating isn't enough of a way it's not a big enough word is no, it no no I think with you know I actually was a guest on a podcast yesterday in the US and it was around the perfectionism and one of the questions Christina the lady asked me was that do why are people do why people don't really have that self-awareness do what what is it and I said you know I can so relate to that because unless they go on a journey. So unless they, they remove themselves from what the current situation is now, if they're happy, they may go through life like that. Why would they want to change if they're happy? But for a lot of people who have that ambition, who know there's something else there, it's just a matter of you have to really step outside that comfort zone and make change. And there's a quote that I use in a document I've created recently, um, Christina, and it's by Mandy Hale, and I really, really enjoy it. And she says, you know, change is painful, but nothing is as painful as being stuck somewhere that you don't belong. And I was like, wow. And so for people that are feeling stuck, they have to be willing to take some action to, to make themselves uncomfortable because nothing's going to change. Nothing is going to change until they're willing to really step outside of that and, and make some change happen for themselves. And once they are ready to do that, the journey is long, 
the journey doesn't stop. And I think you just mentioned that, Christina, the journey doesn't stop. It's an on- ongoing journey. But once you start to expose yourself, I believe, to mindset, to really learning more about um, who you are, to really start being aware of what is that inner voice saying to you? What's going on inside? Do I went to my first conference back in 2016 and I was like, oh my goodness, are these people crazy? The energy was massive and it was very, very kind of an uplifting environment. And that was the first day that I could really hear this voice on my shoulder really, really loud. And I looked up to the stage and seen these speakers and was like, oh my goodness, maybe one day I could be up there. And straight away, Christina, that voice says, would you catch yourself on? You're not meant to do that. And that was the type of internal dialogue that was going on within me. And I once went, I'll share with you, I once went to, it was actually like an International Women's Day conference here in County Fermanagh. And speaking at that, one of the guest speakers was a lovely lady called Nula McKeever. Um, she would work on um, Give My Head Pieces like a comedy. That's on TV. And her story was so, so beautiful. And she spoke about going to years of therapy because she really wanted to get rid of this inner critic. They were going to just completely go their own ways and separate. And the day come where this was finally going to happen. But no, the emotion, um, it just wasn't possible for her to let go of it. And her whole learning from that evolved into that. It's not about letting go of that voice because that's who you are that's your inner child that's your inner person it's all around becoming friends and working in harmony so if i reflect back on that start very very start of my journey of self-awareness i allowed that inner critic to speak to me the way it spoke to me i allowed it to be in control of the actions i was taking and what i thought i was able and not able to do is it still there of course, it's always going to be there. We're more friends now. We get on better. Or if it starts sharpen at me, I just put my shoulders back and I take control. And say, right, let's, be, let's be kind here. Let's be kind. Because the inner critic, once people can get awareness of it, it is there. We all have it. And start to work more in harmony. Life becomes more easier. It's, you know, life mm. becomes more doable. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to wind, I want to stick on this theme of the inner critic, but I kind of want to wind back a little bit. Okay. So, because I know a lot of the stuff that you're doing now, so you're kind of like the the network marketing stuff is still there, but it's, I know it's not where your heart is necessarily at the minute. And you're really focused on working with the women, especially that feel stuck where they are. And it is generally it's, it's because I know we've had detailed conversations. It's kind of like those women they've, they've, they've done their, what I'll describe as their baby years, you know? So like they've been full-time mum. that's, and we, you know, we, I mean, you've got four kids. I've only got two. And, I, you know, two was one too many. I say one's not enough and two's too many when it comes to children. <laughs> but, you know, it's like it 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 kind of takes over and there's nothing left of yourself. But you've also got all these external sort of factors, if you like, external voices that are making you feel like you you should be at home with your children. Yeah. 
you can't be at home with your children because you have to work because you need the, the income coming into the household. So it's constantly, it's like, even when they're not babies anymore, you're still in this situation where, yes, they might be at school six hours a day, but you still need to be there for them, drop off and pick up and all that kind of stuff. And like I say, you know, when they come home, you like, you know, the dishes should be done and dinner should be on the table and all, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of it is traditional thinking, isn't it? A lot of it is from when we were two, three years old and that was the norm. And, you know, society has changed, but that that voice that's in your head, it's not just your voice. It's the voice of all these other people that you, you've kind of taken on board. And I, I know that sort of like some of the women you've been working with in that, in that situation, I mean, how, when it's friends, it's easy to go, right, I'm going to cut that person out of my life. They're not serving me. I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But there's other, you know, that you, you know, the, you know, your, your immediate family, maybe, you know, the relatives, it's like, you know, mum and dad, you can't, it's not quite as easy to, to cut them out and, you know, have that, have that kind of attitude with it. So yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I know, like you said, you, you went back to work, baby yeah. was what, six months old and you know, yeah. that was okay until they started talking about you going full time. And then it was just like, this is not going to work. Yeah, and it is, Christina, you know, so that's a really, really good point. And, and for me, I think, you know, once I was in the network marketing industry for 18 months, I knew I had a choice to make to really come away from that. And that was one of the hardest choices that I ever, ever had to make because um, I was in business with my family and it was going to be a completely, completely new shift for me. So when I reflect back to October 17, it was another emotional roller coaster completely. But I knew unless I made a change, nothing was going to change. And when we speak about and this is a that is a really, really key point. And that's been another huge shift that I've been so grateful to have is that when we're in a place where people's opinions are really um people's opinions are being impactful on us, we are making our choices with other people's opinions. We're not serving from a place of who we actually are. And I'm currently doing a great mindset course with a lovely lady from Dublin at the moment. And she's got, I'm, I'm going to use um, her term, and I know she wouldn't mind, and she's called um, Nicola Conley. And she calls it the committee. And I think, wow, how powerful is that? Do you, when you have to go to your committee to make choices about your own life, you're not serving from the place of who you are. And I was going through life constantly checking in with my committee. Is this, is this the best thing for me? Is this allowed? I was like, <laughs> I was like come on now, you're your own, you're your own person, you know. And I, and I say to, I say to my mum and dad, you know, we were, were known as cottonwood children. So like the big bad world wasn't really exposed to us until maybe our twenties and early, early thirties. Like, right, this is life. Get on with it, basically. And I think there's so many people. Here's another thing, Christina, which is interesting on in that. There's so many people that need that verification in order to make a choice that's right for them. And yeah. that is another crucial area. And that's all again, connected with this comfort zone. Because unless they get that verification, whether it be from the husband, whether it be from the wife, whether it be from the sisters, brothers, whoever it is they're looking at for, 
they may stay stuck and not go with their own gut. And that brings me on perfectly to the inner voice. And then you have this gut, gut feeling. Some people are very lucky to have a very, very strong gut feeling. I'm very blessed with that. And now I realize it's a gift. But a lot of people, again, are not aware, like the inner critic will move down now to the gut. They're not aware that the gut is even there. And so they are going with the head. And some people are going with the heart. Really, it should be all around the gut and then your heart and then your head. So we're doing it in really in the opposite. So when something feels um, really, really wrong, so you, you have this um, vision. You have a vision to step outside your comfort zone. You're going to make things go and really have a passion for and the desire for and you made for it. And you start sharing it with your nearest and dearest, who you think are your nearest and dearest. You start sharing it. And by conversation number two or three, all of a sudden, they have put you back in the box in that comfort zone and you ain't going anywhere. So you really have to, and I'm really glad you brought that up, Christina, you really, really have to become aware of you and one of the tips that mum always shared with me, and I think it's a really, really good tip. And like we're, we're, we're a beautiful family and blessed with four sisters. And but mum always said, you know, we were even though we're, we're very, very close, but we're all we all have our own family units. And it's within our family units that we have to really, really invest. And mm. then we're all there for each other outside of that. So if anyone is listening in, Christina, and they have four about making a change, trying something new. And the reason why nothing has happened is because of the, the opinions of the committee. Then it's time to change that. Because yeah. I had to really, really go on a journey by myself. It was lonely. It was sad. But I knew, I, I know now, I didn't know at the time until I started to become more self aware, it made that reflection not easier but it was a process that i had to go through and i still have part of that process to go through yet yeah but it's powerful it's like at the time it doesn't feel it at the time you feel you know rejected and you know all these negative emotions that come with it but it's kind of like I say, if you if you can get through that to the to the other side, it's like like wow, like wow, I'm strong. Like yeah. wow, I really can do. Like if I could do that, then actually wow, I can do great things. Yeah, you know, and and I think I think that's the you know that's the big thing here, the big big thing here, and that's why people I think especially women that's why we get stuck. Yeah, so stuck, and there's not to do. There's, there's no worse feeling them being stuck in another area I think is really really good to mention while we're on this topic is procrastination I was the queen of procrastination I really um could create a story that the procrastination was like I didn't I actually wasn't aware self-awareness comes into it all the time self-awareness is the, one of the most beautiful um gifts as an opportunity it is one of the most beautiful gifts I believe that we have in life and when I speak about procrastination I was like you know I pushed it away and I pushed it away and and what I realized now was that procrastination is really like a habit and 
again, it's like you're stuck in a, you're, you're stuck in this cycle. And I really, really love using a model of a cycle for anything that I do, because unless we come out, we, we visualize a circle as a cycle, Christina, and that's our comfort zone. We're just going round and round and round, procrastinating, procrastinating. The habit's very, very deep. But why is the habit there? It's fear. People, again, are fearful. And that's how they fall into that trap. You know, it's like we, we don't want to be in pain. We, we don't want to, be, you know, face adversity, be in difficulty. It's like our, you know, our whole behaviours, our, our brain is wired to protect us from, from that stuff. And, and so, yeah, ab- absolutely. It's, it's, it is tough to break out of it without self-awareness. I remember doing this, um, this activity. I was in a, I'd gone to stay at a hotel for a couple of days on my own. And it was all about life planning and um, it's based on a book called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. And there's this whole process you go through to kind of like, you know, design the life you want to have and and that sort of stuff. Right. And um, one of the first things you have to do is write your eulogy. Right. Which is kind of like, you know, if my, you know, at my funeral, for one of my children to stand up there, what, what would I want them to say and what would they say? But of course, I don't want to bloody write that. And I'm literally, I'm in this hotel on my own. It's in the middle of nowhere, right? There's there's very few distractions. And all of a sudden, I found myself like out in the car park with my car keys, like going to get my coat from the car just in case I might want to go for a walk later. And I just thought, what the hell am I doing? And it is, it was just procrastination, avoidance. And you think if I got myself in such a... Um, you know, in an environment that was so, I'd removed all those, as many distractions as I could, or the phone was off. It was like my, my husband, the kids, they knew they couldn't contact me. I didn't know anyone there. I was literally on my own. Like I've I've got the room with like the least amount of facilities in there, that, that kind of stuff. It was like every possible distraction, every way of me procrastinating, I'd removed, but I still found one. (laughs) You know? And it's like, it's like, what the hell am I doing? Just go and do the work. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when you're trying to make big change, it's like, it's that on a, on a bigger scale. Yeah. So when you're, because I think for both of us, we kind of went through these changes quite independently. I won't say lonely, um, but, but independently. Okay. And if you were going to go through that again now, what are the things that you would look for to, to help you go through that change again? So like if you're talking to someone else about to do this, what would you be saying to them? Right, you've got to make sure you've got this and this and this. Yeah, I think, Christine, that's a really, really good question. And one of the things that I do believe before I go into this is that I do believe that everybody's journey is slightly different. And sometimes people would say, you know, um, follow what I followed because it's worked for me. I, I do, I'm not really a big believer in that. I do believe that everybody's journey will be different because we all have different learning styles. We all have different ways we will learn. So I do believe it will be quite different for everybody. But if I was going to, which I'm so, so grateful that I will be, um, helping, for example, a lady who is currently unstuck, I think the first thing we have to do and I'm reading a book about this at the moment. It's called The Magic. I'm sure you've um, heard of The Magic. And I was reading it yesterday while I was waiting for one of my girls to come out of school. That's my time to get a bit of a few pages read. And the lady who wrote the book, she said, 
I always thought I was a grateful person. I always said thank you. I was very pleasant and just a very, very good mannerism. However, she couldn't have been more wrong, she said, because she didn't really realize the power of gratitude and what gratitude is. And I think that's one of the first things that you really, really have to start to um, get some self-awareness around. I call it an attitude of gratitude, an unstoppable attitude of gratitude. Because once we are grateful for what we already have in our lives, then we can allow for more to come in. And I was always running for that next school. What I had wasn't good enough, running for that next school. And I never um, stopped to even think about what I already had in my life. So I think that's number one is a really, really um, key part. This, the second part, um, Christine, I'm going to kind of walk you through this um, document that I'm really excited to get released very soon, is all around, you know, what is the inner voice saying? What is going on there? And they're like, what, what's the inner voice? Because you know, they haven't been exposed to it before. So it's all, it's all like one step at a time, very much baby steps. And it's really saying, right, so the inner voice is coming from the brain, coming from the mind. What is it, what's it saying to you? Is it telling you that you're not good enough? Is it telling you that or you couldn't, be, you couldn't do that? Is it telling you to look at all the other people that are so successful? You, you could never be like them. Right, let's, let's acknowledge that. Let's acknowledge what that inner voice is saying. But if it's telling you, no, I'm not good enough, you're going to write that down and you're going to do the opposite to that, that I am enough. Now, it's like anything that will have to become a habit. Doing it one day and not touching it to next month, you are going to stay stuck. And I think that's one key points if I was to share there's one come up Christina because for me that procrastination kept on pulling me back me not not the procrastinator it was me as the procrastinator I accept complete responsibility that if I would have been more consistent with my daily actions then my journey may have not been as long but I believe yeah. I'm meant to be where I am today so I would try and like self-awareness as we both know doesn't come overnight it takes a, a lot of work a lot of personal development a lot of investment to really get yourself to that point but once you're aware of that inner voice then you're starting that journey let's look at procrastination do you know what are you procrastinating about what is the fear about Let's take that goal that you're procrastinating all the time. Let's look at the start of that goal. Let's look at the middle of that goal. Let's look at the end of that goal. What point are you stuck in? Because then when we start to break things down, and a tip that I have found that's really, really helped me with that is that I have this kind of like a, is it actually bigger than A4? It's a A3 document. And it really is, um, one side of it is called brain dump. Because unless I dump what's going on up here, how can I clear it to be a bit creative? And the next part is a to-do list, but also on this side is my affirmations. So I'm always, if I'm having a bit of procrastination, if I'm having a bit of that kind of like inner critic going on, I can go back to there and then go straight back to that to-do list. I think, Christina, another area that we have to do that I would be helping people on is overthinking. And 
possibly part of me overcoming perfectionism. I can really identify that I was a great overthinker. And people who overthink, again, they're pulling themselves back. Because I was creating scenarios that's never even come to life. <laughs> and, like, and, and that's just part of um, who we are. You know, that's just part of the, my makeup. And I've had to really take control of that because that definitely for sure um, was something that was you know, holding me back. So if I was to have, um, which I will be working with women in the very near future now, I think our journey starts here. Because we could go and we could look, but yes, there's some books that's going to help us. Yes, there's going to be some courses out there that's going to help us. But do you know where it all lies, Christina? Within the person. And I grew up, Christina, thinking that I didn't have a creative bone in my body. I couldn't sew. I couldn't really knit. I tried to knit. My auntie did help me knit. I have a beautiful little auntie. And she did help me knit. Wasn't too good at art. And I had sisters that were very creative. You know, um, one sister, she was like, she, she can do poetry. I have another sister who is like an unbelievable writer. I have another sister who can put her hand to anything. And I have another, so, so in my eyes, my sister was so creative. I missed that part. I didn't get it. And it wasn't until on this journey that it was about three years ago, there was actually a child's parent teacher meeting. And the teacher said to me, randomly you look very creative and I was like my goodness no I'm definitely not creative I wouldn't be very good it was actually in the art classroom I wouldn't be very good in here and she's like no you you are what do you do and I was like well I mentor do I love creating trainings and you're doing a start and a journey and a finish and I've actually been having the opportunity to speak on stage and she's like oh my goodness how creative is that and I was like, do you know what? We're all creative. We all have greatness inside of us. But it's when you're ready to visit that greatness. A lot of people are spending so much time visiting so many other areas of the life, but not the greatness that is within them. Yeah. And the, the thing is, it's like they're blinkered to it as well. They just, you, you, you don't see it until someone points it out or something, something happens. And so you actually, it's like, it, it is like literally like a, a horse with its blinkers on. Like we, we see this bit here yes. and nothing outside of that yeah. until we actually choose to turn our heads and, and really focus. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, you know, that that's what, like sometimes people will talk about, um, you know, what's, it's like for what, what got you here isn't going to get you there. Yes. Okay. But we've got to figure out what there looks like. Yeah. You know, what is there? And I think it's like you, if you make a decision to make a change and you go on that journey and you, you know, you, you find all the tools and, and the people and, and everything else to, to get you there, you realize that it's kind of, it's a bit like the end of a rainbow. It's like, you know, it's okay. Well, I've, I've kind of ticked all that stuff off that list now. And some of it might be kind of more material. Some of it might be more experiential. Some of it might be more about actually how you feel and a shift in the environment that you're, you're existing within and, and all of that stuff. Some of it's like, it's just not tangible at all, but you kind of get yes. there and you're like, right, I've done it now. And it's like, it becomes less about big changes and more about like, what's the next iteration? Okay. So like, what's the, what's the next part of it? And, and it yep, is like, you so make this big, 
and it's like, let's, I mean, let's talk about perfectionism now. Cause I know that's something that you've. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, it's a really interesting one, Christine, you know, and, and for me, do you know, is it something that you can identify overnight? Definitely not. Do you know, is it something that you want to acknowledge? Not really. And my perfectionism really come to light. And last year I had a lot of time with a life coach and he was absolutely unreal. He really, really was. It was kind of like a more personal um, life coach. And he's a counsellor as well, but I use the term life coach because he was really helping me um, in the direction I was going in life. And it was November last year, he said to me, and he's, he spent a lot of time, Christina, with me. He, he really did spend a lot of time with me. Uh, it was all, all on Zoom. And he said to me, he said, very quietly at the end of the call, because he always comes with something, a very, very smart guy. And he said, Jordan, go. And that, that was my first um, introduction to perfectionism. And that was last November. I remember it very, very clearly. Just a year, like what has changed in a year from that has, you know, it's, it's amazing what has come from that. And I went away in a research. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'm a bit of that. Yeah, maybe I'm a bit of this. And I was like, right, come on now, Jordan. So I left it there. And it wasn't until the TED Talk opportunity come up that I had to go and explore it again. And I started creating my TED Talk and I was just doing a bit of writing, doing a bit of journaling, seeing what come up for me. And it was like, oh, my goodness. And the more I was doing it, Christina, the more I was like, this really is something that I've been going through. Because when we speak about perfectionism, um, we're speaking about low confidence, low self-esteem, being your worst critic and um, people pleasing. You're doing we spoke about that earlier about people going to that committee for all that external verification. Your people, people pleasing was huge to me. And I would have actually kept somebody happy and kept myself unhappy. Unhappy. And like I've been doing the mentoring for um, five and a half years now. And I'm also I do mentoring for women in business in Northern Ireland. I take on one client a year for them as well. And one of the areas that I now realize is that I always give 110% when I was working with my mentees. I'm passionate about it. However, and they got a lot from it. They got a lot from it. And we built some amazing relationships that will last for life. But now I have to acknowledge that at that point, if I rewind back three years ago, I was not serving from a place where I was fulfilled. And that's not healthy. You have to, it's like that glass, that empty glass. I was quite empty myself, I did, but I didn't know it. Okay, so I didn't know it. So no fault of my own. I was really serving from maybe an empty place. My confidence was low. My self-esteem was low. I was still people-pleasing. But then people were able then to really lift me. But now I've realized that you have to. And it's so, so important that you really, really must serve from a place of fulfillment, that your glass is nearly overflowing if you really want to help 
other people. So going back to the perfectionism, um, perfectionism can arise from a early childhood trauma. I had that severe trauma when I was just two years old, uh, prolonged febrile convulsion. I was touch and go for two to three days. And when I come around, very disorientated. And one of the consequences was that my speech just wasn't there. I had to go to speech therapy for um, as a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old. And that was when I was back in the UK and we moved to Ireland when I was 10. But when I was in the UK, I was very, very bubbly, happy, confident. And I just didn't really, I was chubby and and I used to eat, we used to have um, chippy for a treat on a Friday night and, and I would have fed my own and then a few leftovers. I was happy. I was so happy, Christina. And I wasn't aware of any of this. But then went to Ireland, where we live is a beautiful place. My parents are both Irish and and you know within school within a number of weeks that bullying started and it really shattered me it, you know, when I when I reflect back to it now it really really broke me and I remember I'm going to share one story with you I remember going on a trip and I was only in the country maybe about four weeks and I said mum do you know if I go on the trip they might like me more and they might try and accept me more and um, how, old, how old were you at this point? Ten. Okay. And it was like a weekend. It was called a place list in Varna. Now, when I say this, Christine, it's really important that I had a few really, really good friends and I'm still friends with them girls today and they're beautiful ladies. So I'm so great. Always will be grateful for their support. But my dad left me to the bus anyway at the school and we set on this journey and it was maybe about a four or five hour journey. It was down right down the south of Ireland. I cried the whole way. I was so scared, so homesick. I will never forget it. Now, the teasing, there was some teasing and some bullying even on that trip. However, there was another school from another community and they were more acceptant of my, my accent. It was all about this English accent, this English person. So they were more accepting about my accent and about me. So I had my good friends that I'm still friends with now supporting me. And I had this group of a school that really, really accepted me. So all in all, it turned out quite well. Went to secondary school, the bullying was tough. The bullying got really tough. And it, it actually wasn't that, it was just from people my own age. Uh, the, the memory that really has scarred me was from like these guys who were like, you know, ready to leave school. And I remember like, and I, I can share it now because I've done a lot of work on it and I've had to do a lot of work on it. Christina, so this is why this journey is not plain sailing. It's different avenues for different people. And I remember... I had to go past this corridor to get up to my English classroom up the stairs and I would hear songs being chanted before I even could get the lamp for them. And I was a first year and I had to get up the stairs and, and I thought, you know, why? I, I thought, why me? And do you know, what have I done? I'm being quiet. I'm keeping my head down. But there's two things here, Christina. One is that they could see a vulnerability within me. Because if I was able to tell them, on your bike, you know, you know, who, who are you to speak to me like that? Then they wouldn't have gone back to me again. But also from a perspective of perfectionism, I was also beating myself up inside. I was believing what they were saying. And I was also being nearly a bully to myself. Mm. I would use the word critic, maybe instead of bully to myself, but I was being a critic to myself as well. So I had it going on all around and that brought me into a place of like loneliness and um, isolation do my belief in myself do you, uh, don't get me wrong got to third year and I 
one girl and said it to her recently, we actually met for coffee recently. And I said, you know, you really helped me in Fergie. You really helped me to come out of myself. And this girl really did help me to grow my confidence. And I had many good friends, but this particular girl in Fergie really, really helped me. And, and the bullying stopped. You know, once I got a little bit of confidence, even though I didn't feel confident inside, there was some confidence going on somewhere. And it really, really helped my final journey with perfectionism and um, the final journey in school around perfectionism. And then when I rule on, I went to college and I had Craig, my son, he's 21 now. So I was 19 when I had Craig and myself and Declan met when I was 17. I was so young. But having, you know, when I met my husband, we're, we're married now. When I met Deck, it really helped because I had, I was nearly like I had something that was going to do, it really helped me. And I then returned to study in my 20s, um, did it all a different way around, but I got there. And I remember doing my HNC first and my degree and, oh my goodness, Christina, I was so hard on myself. Like I had to get it so perfect. And yet there was nothing perfect about my work. But to me, in my head, it had to be of a certain standard. And the teachers, my tutors in the college could see it, but one tutor could see something else. And I've actually brought it. She's actually like the head of the, the huge college here now in our local area. And she said to me, she said, in the nicest possible way, with the greatest of respect. So we were running childcare settings. We were very happy at the stage and we were doing our, I was doing my business degree. And just like, there's a lot more out there for you than childcare. So she could see different traits within me that I possibly couldn't even see myself. And what the reason I'm sharing that, Christina, is because now I know the power of words. And there's certain words that people will say along your journey. And they, they do stick to you. But you really want them to be, do you, I would really try and share empowering words where it fits, because you're not going to say it if it's not necessary, if it's not going to serve, do you know, it's from a place of, of um, goodness that if it's going to help that person, my goodness, them words really, really stick. Because another story, I got married when I was 23. And I remember coming out of the limousine and um, in Donegal town, I got married and I could hear people saying, oh my God, she's a beautiful bride. She's a beautiful bride. Christina, I felt nothing of that at all. Do you know, I, so my can't do people see me as this confident person I'm so, so grateful for the journey that from being an entrepreneur, starting the nurseries back in 05 to 2012, I am so grateful for that experience because it really, really helped. But let's think about it. I was working with, we had a, a great, great workforce, a beautiful workforce, which we've created relationships for life again. But I was working with my family. So that perfectionism was being fed in that environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're in family business, the dynamics of how you grew up nearly come into that family business. So it was just being fed more because I felt confident around my sisters. That was the place where I felt confident and belonged and sense of protection and all of that type of stuff. I wasn't going to grow there, Christina. Yeah, yeah. You know Geraldine, you're like, you're just, you're so like full of every conversation we have. There's like, there's so many stories and there's, there's things that we, we've not even covered yet. I mean, one of, one of the things that you, 
that you um, do some work is actually working with sort of teenagers that are having a, a tough time. And yeah. it's kind of, yeah, that's the first time you've, you've shared with me about sort of stuff like your secondary school years. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, okay, now I understand what's driving you with the work you do there, which is absolutely fantastic. Yes. I feel like we could talk for another hour and still not be done. <laughs> um, but we do, we do need to wrap, we do need to wrap things up. So I'm just I'm just so grateful for you to like everything you shared. It's just all so powerful. I would recommend that anyone, everyone listening to this reaches out to you. So like where's best for them to do that? Yeah, thank you so much, Christina. And you know, I'm so grateful to be on your podcast and and for all your support along the way, because you've been on this journey. We've had the pleasure of it. We met around maybe last maybe this time last year, October, September, and we've had that pleasure, you know, so thank you very much. I'm really grateful. Where can people find me, Christina? They can find me on um, Facebook, um, Geraldine McGraw. They can find me on um, Instagram, and again, my name, Geraldine McGraw, and I'm also on LinkedIn. But I'm really, really excited because I'm just basically at the initial stages and something big is coming in February. And I'm so, so excited about it. Uh, And it's starting now. But the big release, the big um, release will happen um, in February of next year. And, you know, Christina, if I can even help one person to really discover who they are and live a more fulfilled life, then I know I'm doing a good job. And, And one of the things I want to leave with Christina is that during my life, I have been searching for happiness. I'm blessed. I've got a great husband, the four children. And that, of course, brings me so much happiness. But I was also searching for this happiness that everything was good. And people will search and they will search for years and years for that happiness. But they're searching forwards, not inwards. Because the happiness that you're looking for, the happiness that people's yearning for in life, Again, it's within them. That's amazing, Geraldine. You are you are an absolute rock star. I love you to bits. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Christina. You're a gem. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. 